Okay. We knew what the puzzle, the answer was. We just couldn't get there. That's all. But we all knew what it was. Now let's go and try another one, shall we? Here's a $100 puzzle once again. And Dick and Lucy be given the clues. And here comes the first word, please. The password is frightening. Okay, Dick. Scary. Spooky. Uh-huh. Lucy? <laughs> Scary. Frightening. Yes. Excellent. Frightening on the board. All right, Carol, what can that be? Mm -hmm. uh, um, what is that? Uh, Elm Street. Uh, oh, yes. Is it? Uh, you want to? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is it Elm Street? <laughs> no, but that is certainly frightening. That's right. Good guess. Next word, please. Scared the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's <really> stiff. <laughs> okay, Lucy. It's your. Oh, what? <laughs> it's your, your clue. Oh. Oh. Good Lord. She can't see, you see. That's the problem. Probably. That's not helping us, is it? But it's not her brain. No, no. I, I'm aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Um. Uh, 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 okay. Dick? You don't buzz a legend. <laughs> Fast on the buzzer. Absolutely right. George, George, how could you buzz Lucy? I mean, what? You're going to go home and tell your wife tonight, guess what I did? I buzzed Lucy. You can't do that. Nightfly Podcast, January 2021 edition. My name is Dave Juskow, and welcome to the show. I hope everybody's having a great week and a good time and a good COVID time, right? <laughs> How are you, everybody? Oh, yeah. We got a great show for you today. It's going to be unbelievable because all my shows of 2021 are going to be better than anything you've ever seen. You know how shows sour in their sixth year. Well, not this one. It's gonna, I'm going to be on top of my game, as I'm making sure of it. Or at least that's how you start out the year, and then, uh, you know, by uh, February, I'll be like, so w what are you guys doing? How, we, you guys have any comments? Um, uh, hi. 
<laughs> but no, that's not going to happen here. I got a, a big show for you today. We're going to prepare for it, and everything's uh, going to be great. And we will continue having a great time during the worst time. But uh, boy, what a week, huh? What a week. It's recording on Friday, January 8th, coming out Tuesday, uh, January 12th, I believe. I... No, no. Yes. I don't know. Yes, 12th. <laughs> Except for you people that, uh, you know, are Patreon fans. And thank you again for being wonderful Patreon subscribers. You all get the podcast early as if it was new and live coming out right on time. And uh, thank you for everything. Thank you for your service, uh, your Patreon service. I appreciate that. Hello, everybody. And uh, my name is Dave Juskowi. said that already. I don't know why I'm stalling. There's no reason to. I have a feeling I know. When things have gone too far. And this week, things have gone too far. It's over, everybody. They have run out of the hand sanitizer in the lobby. And that is when I knew this has gone on way too long. I said to myself, the day they put the hand sanitizer between all the elevator banks in my building... I said, boy, they're really good at keeping this up. The day that the super and the staff doesn't refill it automatically where this isn't a thing, it means the pandemic has gone on too long or this is over and something has gone horribly wrong. And that day was earlier this week and it's been five to seven days and it has not been replaced. I haven't told anybody about it. I don't care. I can come up and wash my hands. But once in a while, if I go to the grocery store or somewhere, I like to put a little hand sanitizer on before I get in the elevator because it's lovely. But uh, it hasn't been refilled in a week or two, and nobody's complaining about it, clearly, and nobody seems to mention it so or know that it's even a thing. So that means everybody's fed up and they're done with the pandemic, as we already knew anyway. But between that and this damn pandemic... Taking Marianne from Gilligan's Island for us. Well, I have just had just about enough of this pandemic. You know, that is where I draw the line. You're going to take the, 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 the one last sole sur- remaining survivor of Gilligan's Island. You know, we have uh, Ginger left, but we don't care about her. She doesn't want to know from Gilligan's Island. I mean, you gotta, you got to appreciate Ginger who is completely stuck to her guns and saying, I don't want to talk about Gilligan's Island. Because most of the time, when people were so angry that they were on a show like that or the Brady Bunch or whatever it is, they're so angry in the 70s. They're like, can we talk about something else? I don't want to know from that. I'm mad I did it. And then maybe in the 80s, they come to terms. William Shatner, all these people, they come to terms like, you know what? Uh, thank God I was on that show. Not her. She's still angry. But Marianne was all in. And she was cool and pleasant and friendly and loved to get high. And the damn coronavirus took her. Now, it's not as horrible a situation as taking a, a true, unbelievably talented, great Adam Schlesinger. But come on, it's Marianne from Gilligan's Eye. What's going on here? I think she could have lasted a little bit longer, like many years longer. Because, uh, you know, she was cool and, like I said, Gets high, which means uh, she was just like, yeah, whatever, man. I love Gilligan's Island, right? Her and Bob Denver, that's all they used to do is get high. They're like, yeah. 
Yeah, me and Gilligan would just hang out, you know, get high. It's cool, right? Especially when it was legal. She got arrested, I think, for either getting pot. I think she was sending pot to Bob Denver. She got arrested. It's so ridiculous, and now it's completely legal, and then she dies. That's unacceptable. But that happened last week, and uh, it's sad, and it's really not that sad. I mean, there's so much other things to be sad about. Uh, but what's not sad is my Tuesday night show, Comedy Cellar Nightly. I think it went off really good this past Tuesday with Colin Quinn and Noam Dorman and, oh my God, the amazing Colin Smith. He is such a talent, you know? He might not be on that Adam Schlesinger level, but his voice is like an angel. He does write really good songs and he plays unbelievably. I'm sorry I compare everything to Adam. I mean, that's ridiculous, but how can you not? I mean, I worship that guy, and you all know it. Um, so uh, next week, by the way, my guest, or this tonight, Tuesday, my guest will be Greg Fitzsimmons, and Liz Mealy and Colin will be on again the week after that. Bonnie McFarlane and Lenny Marcus, Colin will be on again after that. And the week after that, I'm trying to get a different musician uh, just to mix things up. You know, and I love having it. I know uh, some of you guys are like, why are you having a musician? I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to do a variety show. You know, I want to do a couple of other things. I want to have some sketches. I want to have some uh, uh, fun. It's just a half hour. Noam got upset. He's like, what? I'm paying for an hour. I mean, he was kidding, but the, the half hour went by so quick. It's it's perfect. You know, it's it's easy to watch, I think. An hour, then you're like, you know, 35 minutes in. You're like, well, how long much, what more is there to do? So I like it. We talk for seven minutes. I, I do my opening monologue, which was hilarious again to do in front of the owner of the comedy cellar where you're, you know, pretending to bomb. Meanwhile, the jokes are excellent because uh, they're uh, my friend Elon writes writes them. And uh, and then we talk for five, seven minutes, you know, with Colin Quinn, see what's going on. And then we get to the uh, the media multimedia presentation, which I've changed. You know, we don't make it so Dave Juskow central. Uh, just do it, and no, the highest of compliments. She goes, he goes, Jessica, this is, this is genius. This is like mad genius, and I'm like, thank you, because I really wasn't sure which way this was, what you were going to say, which way it was going. He's like, Jessica, I got to stop you. Like I, I, I thought I was in trouble, but thank God he liked it. Thank God, because it really means a lot to me, because you know how much work I put in. Two days of work it takes to do that half hour show. Two full days, Monday and Tuesday. It, I really put a lot of work into it. So, yeah, I was very happy to have the vindication. And then uh, Colin Smith sang, and he sang this song, and I have the full version because it's great. And he just wrote it, and it's about the coronavirus, and he just sings so well, I thought I'd play it for you. I miss traffic. I miss being late for shit and blaming it on the train. Took for granted all the inconveniences I Never will again I miss excuses for not taking calls Now I don't have them at all These things I noticed From my new focus I got staring at the walls I miss waiting to order drinks behind the guy Who can't make up his mind And I miss talking Shit about him under my breath, but also hashtag be kind. I 
distractions are just part of the action when you're climbing up the walls. Right now, find appreciation of design situations come with silver lines. Will it stick around long after? You know, maybe I miss seeing people I was trying to avoid and getting stuck into a chat. Inside these walls, oh, just how good I had it when I couldn't stand being stuck inside these walls. I think that's terrific, and he's so great. And uh, yeah, he sent me the full song, the full produced song, and I'm like, "This is great. Can I play it on the podcast?" He's like, "Yeah, you might as well." I don't think I'm doing anything with it. <laughs> like, I, I think he's coming out, trying to come out with an album, but. You know, he's like, I don't know when it's going to come out, but it's great. It's a great COVID written song. It's not, I, I like it all. I like the lyrics. I obviously like the music and he really does have some hell of a voice. I'll tell you. Mm. I always remember, I got to play that song he did for Greece when he sang uh, Greece is the word. It was so good. I, I just want him to play that all the time. But yeah, that's on the Tuesday show. You can see him uh, tonight. He always does a, a little musical number, which uh, is a nice way to pass the day. And it's called, the song was called These Walls. So, uh, obviously, uh, uh, by the way, next week will be, uh, our guest will be Wendy Liebman. It'll be the video podcast. The great comedian, Wendy Liebman, who I'm also as obsessed with as, in a way, of Amy Heckerling in the, in the same way that... Uh, she was one of my favorite comics, you know, starting out. And then she just kind of disappeared. And, well, I'd like to know why. So she doesn't get enough due. And uh, we're going to talk to her for a while. She's a delightful person. Uh, very pretty. Again, you know, what are you not allowed to say that anymore, I guess? Uh, but, and really funny. Like a really good writer. And had, a, and had an act. You know, a great act. And she really, quite frankly... If she was a man, probably at that time in the 90s, she would have been as big as Seinfeld. Um, I think uh, she was heading in that direction, and I don't know what happened. So we will find out. But she is uh, a delightful person. I'm very excited to have her on the show. Again, if you're on the uh, Maggie level of uh, Patreon, uh, please feel free to uh, write in some questions to ask. And I will uh, ask her, as I did uh, Gabriel's question this week about Gnome asking if there were any uh, prop comics that he ever passed, which was, I thought, a very fascinating question. And I think um, I think it was Rob that or somebody, I can't, I can't remember who asked me about, uh, you wanted me to talk about remote control with Colin, and I'm like, eh, you know, if I bring that up, I don't think he would, I don't think he's going to get angry, but uh, yeah, I feel like, I felt like it would have been a dick move. And I, I know you weren't asking him for that reason, you know, just saying, it's just like, yeah, you know, this guy, uh, I mean, the best line he ever had, which should have been the end of it, was when he met Robert De Niro on Saturday Night Live. He goes, hi, Colin Quinn, remote control. <laughs> so, eh, you know what I mean. You know, you want to be uh, p- 
polite and professional, and that's uh, you know, you, you you know what I'm saying. We're not that close, like uh, like I would if it was Rachel or somebody like that. Where I mean, we are close, but you know what I mean. Uh, anyway, uh, so how about this past week with the Capitol building and all these crazy people? I mean, that was fucked up shit. And, uh, you know, at least the woman that died was, uh, you know, got shot was one of the people. At least it wasn't like an, an innocent person. You know, I think three people died and they, you know, they were all people who were trying to mob the Capitol. So I don't think anybody feels bad for them. I mean, you don't want to see anybody get shot. But, you know, now that I've seen the paper today, she was heading in the window. She was climbing. You know, what do you expect is going to happen? You know, I mean, that that that's like breaching the White House. How do you think that's going to end when you go in there? It's unbelievable that no one else got shot. And that's why everybody is in trouble. Because if you can't defend, if you're not ready to defend that on a daily basis and keep your uh, senators and House of Rep and your congressmen safe, then you're like the worst security person ever. It, You know? I mean, could that happen at the White House on a daily basis? I mean, no, nobody cares now, but uh, I'm saying, I mean, you know, but still, though, you know, you got to keep everything. That has to be the safest place ever. It's like, you know, sometimes when I would walk by the U.N. at nighttime, I live by the U.N. And I'd walk by, I'm like, well, you know, if I'm walking by in the middle of the night, this has to be the safest place to walk by in the middle of the night in the world. Right. I mean, the U.N., where you have all these people from around there, it has to be the safest place on the planet to be it. it, I'm just saying I don't know whether it is, but it should be that the U.N. should be safer than the Capitol building or the White House because it involves everybody. And everybody would like to get in there, you know, and take care of some business. You know, then you don't have to even leave the country to take care of your whatever agenda you might have with people around the world or something. So I always say, I'm like, well, at least if I'm walking to 42nd to 50th Street, I'm probably okay, one would think. Just have to be kind of a moron to mug or, you know, mess with somebody clearly right in front of the UN, really. But but then again, the people we're talking about are morons. These people are awful, stupid people. I mean, we all know that. And the reason why I know that is because all I could think about when they have that picture of the guy sitting at the speakers, sitting in Mike Pence's seat in the uh, in whatever that room is called, you know, where they where they give the, uh, you know, the State of the Union and all that kind of stuff. Um, All I can think of the guy's just sitting there and he's taking a selfie. All I could think about was this. After all your posturing, all your little speeches, you're nothing but a common thief. I am an exceptional thief, Mrs. McLean. And since I'm moving up to kidnapping, you should be more polite. Exactly. All I was thinking about the whole time was I'm like, you know, we really need a Hans Gruber. If you're going to take over uh, something, have a fucking plan. It's like they all went there and then they're like, well, now what do we do? You know, Hans Gruber would never let that happen. He would have had an agenda. And it's, you know, you're just going to sit there like, 
I can't believe. I think they were like, well, I can't believe we got in so easy. So I guess I'll just take some papers off her desk and write a note. Hey, I was at your chair. I'll be back. I mean, it. How stupid you got to. I mean, there was not. There wasn't even a plan. I, it's yeah. and so I was just thinking of Hans Gruber. You know, I don't know why that came to mind. I'm like, well, here's a guy that at least you know he was a horrible terrorist, but but at least he had a. It's like it it makes you appreciate almost terrorists that are smart like Hans Gruber and at least have a plan. You know, it's like a, what what's the point of doing all this? You God, as if our country could look even stupider on that day. These bozos didn't even have a plan. I, you know, at least kidnap somebody with, uh, you know, some sort of ransom. Or so. I mean, you, you're giving us nothing to work with here. <laughs> I mean, it was very terrifying. It was awful. But I just can't get enough of the CNN coverage. Because, again, nothing, you know, horribly bad happened except somebody who was actually part. You know, it'd be like, you know, the the well, it was like, you know, do you feel bad for the. Uh, guys who were flying the plane in 9-11 that died? <laughs> no. So it's like that. You know, nobody feels bad, but, you know, the whole situation is uh, unnerving, uh, let alone the uh, the president uh, enticing it, which is uh, scary. And Rudolph Giuliani, I mean, this guy. I mean, it's like you didn't think that this guy could fall any farther, farther from grace as being an American hero in 2001 to becoming an absolute disgrace in uh, 2021. 20, exactly 20 years later, just being, wow, this guy. I mean, Trump, we already kind of knew. We know how he is. But Giuliani, I don't know. I guess we all just expected more. What a mess, but what fun it is <laughs> to see it all unfold. Knowing that he's leaving office um, makes it all okay. It's only a couple days left. And, of course, what he could do during those days is, you know, uh, people are saying it's bad, but it's it's also very entertaining. Uh, and if they throw him out of the office, it'll be exciting. Uh, so there's a lot of entertainment going on. But knowing that it's over, uh, I guess, makes me feel like, well, don't worry. You know, it's almost it's almost over. I mean, this guy, I can't even I, I get Trump. I just can't. I, you know, I just keep thinking of it. He's been around in our lives for so long. And for this to happen, uh, the whole his whole trajectory is absolutely fascinating. And, uh, you know, there's no reason to not believe he won't be in our lives for for the duration. I mean, he's been in my life since 1988, for sure. As I've told you before, my girlfriend used to work for his company. And, you know, we used to see him at Mets games. And, I mean, he was a New Yorker, so we used to see him around. I don't, you know, people may not have even liked him then but because he, he was crazy and the crazy was funny. But then when it turns out he become president of the United States... It's not so funny anymore, I guess, even though it was for a couple of a little while. But now I think he's well, I think he actually is mentally unstable. I'm going to believe with some of these uh, some of these folks. It's very odd. But again, this is probably what Dave Juska would do <laughs> like, if he lost the election. No, it's not fair. 
there's definitely fraud because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a baby. So, um, but that's why I shouldn't be president. Uh, anyway, that all being said, the uh, Hans Gruber thing made me uh, really, and again, where are the pretty people? I mean, these people are gross and there's no hot girls. What's the, why do you want to be part of that group? You know, you're gross and disgusting. Again, at least the Nazis were handsome and and physically fit. You know, really, that's all. That's what I'm thinking about when I'm watching. I'm like, God, these people are gross. They're disgusting. You're like, come on, bring us some actual Nazis. Not the Nazis of today. Bring us the real, these Nazis. I mean, like, they were horrible human beings, but at least they were physically fit and handsome. I mean, it's like it's, and Hans Gruber was very attractive. <laughs> I mean, it's gross. What's the matter with these people? Uh, you know, eh, whatever. So, uh, right, I told you about Tuesday. So uh, on um, Wednesday night, when all this was happening, I went to Rachel's uh, for dinner. We, you know, made up, and she made me dinner. I got to see her baby, and watching her be a mom, and, um, you know, everybody's been calling her a bad mom. Which they're just joking, but she takes it so seriously. And, um, you know, I told her yesterday, I'm like, you know, you were a really good mom. You know, I was watching you run around and you were really good at multitasking. And I was like, you know, not that I'm was saying I was one of those people saying you're a bad mom. I mean, we all said it as a gag, but for you choose to believe it, you're an idiot. You know, I mean, but she was doing so good with that baby and like running around making the dinner. I was just sitting in a chair. I, I, I didn't know how I could help. And, She's like, no, no, I feel better if somebody's just sitting there and having a good, you know, and just, I like doing it. I'm like, good. Because my sister's the opposite. It's really annoying. I enjoy being a guest sometimes. But I understand the hosting duties. You want people to be comfortable in your house. But my sister's like, but your family. Shut up, you. Uh, but I also understand her, uh, uh, what she's saying too. But, yeah, it was great. The baby's adorable. Oh, and I filmed... Uh, a thing, I, I guess I'm going to put it out on Instagram this week, if I can get it the right way, where, you know, we put the kid to bed, and uh, she's in the crib, and I said, hey, point the camera at me and say, oh, that's just, um, that's little Frankie. She just loves the crib so much, we just leave her in there. And then I go down, of course, and say, so you're my cousin Frankie. Better get used to these bars, kid. <laughs> you know, it's so obvious, but I couldn't help myself, so... uh Hopefully people will get it. I'll add in some music, and uh, maybe it'll be uh, you know a hilarious uh, Dave Jessica Instagram video, you hope, because I've been uh, doing really well with those. Uh, keep it going. Just trying to come up with the content. The content, baby. But again, you know, traveling out to Brooklyn, the bike. I took the city bike all the way to her house. Took me, uh, oh, my God, there's my neighbor walking her goddamn dog again. What does she do that when she knows I'm doing the podcast? <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like on, a, on, a, on the rooftop on the, on the penthouse area, and I can still see her on the street. So I guess because I just recognize her dog. It's so funny. That's the one I went to uh, her house on New Year's. So <laughs> I just always call her up. Are you doing that on purpose? Um, and now she knows to pick up because I can see her. So if she doesn't pick up, I'm like, hey, what the hell? You know I'm watching you right now. I mean, it's kind of creepy technically, but hilarious because it's New York City stuff. Anyway. I took the city bike all the way. I didn't get on the motorcycle all the way to her house. You know, that's over these bridges. You go through Queens into Brooklyn. I mean, 
yeah, I took the city bike all the way there. It was like, screw it. I'm just going to take that all the way. I can't do that to Memos because the city bike doesn't exist where he lives in Sunnyside. But where she lives, they have a bike rack and, you know, it's all city bikes good there. So I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to take it all the way. And I, I did, even though it was freezing. And then, um, I'm sorry, I keep sniffing. I, I sound like a Jacques Poupon. If you ever uh, listen to this guy on Facebook, he's always like, cover. Yeah, I, I, I felt it when I heard the, the playback last week, though. But these are sniffles because uh, I, I I, I, I'm excited at one point, but then it's also cold in my apartment. I'm, so I'm sorry if it sounds gross or anything, but um, I'm, 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 I'm well and uh, feeling good. I'm excited to do the podcast. When I get excited, my nose starts to run. You fucking believe that shit? Uh, or when I come in from the cold, I went out to get some coffee. I come in and it's, uh, whatever. Anyway, and I am Jewish, you know, and that's uh, that's the thing. So yeah, when I was out there, I, you know, it's freezing. I go to the house. We have a good time there for three, four hours, and um, we're watching the you know the events unfold and stuff and stuff. But it was fun. <laughs> and then um, you know I come back. Then I took the motorcycle back, and then and then it's just so funny in the freezing cold. And late at night to be on the, the bike, but you can't finish the ride. If I could just go over the bridge and everything was fine, it would be great. But no, I got to transfer to a city bike to get over the bridge. And that's where it's always like, oh, my God, does this night ever end? But it still doesn't bother me. It's exciting for me when I leave her house. I'm like, ooh, the it's exciting how I'm going to get home. You know, I love finding my own way to get home. I don't know. It's much better. It's much more fun than taking an Uber. Um, but I was freezing. And when I got home, again, could not get warm. You know, just uh, was just so cold. And then the next day, I, uh, well, I showered, but then I, I put on, like, heavy clothing because I just can't, can't seem to get warm after, you know. But, uh, I mean, I could. I could do, you know, I could put on the heat or shower and everything, but I just wasn't in the mood. But I was, uh, I was up all night. I was just watching the coverage. It was really, uh, you know, interesting and fun. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but... Uh, Anyway, yesterday I went to my mom's house and uh, I got my car inspected, which was amazing. Yeah, I, I got my car inspected. You, in New Jersey, you got to get your car inspected every two years. And I can't believe that car passed like that. There was like not even an issue. I bought it in. He was like, you're good. They do it for free. And I'm like, really? I mean, uh, th- thank you. <laughs> that car's 20 years old I'm like hey you're alright I couldn't believe it I mean I always fail inspection with something but I guess I got the car in tip top shape also you know that my battery's been draining right so I finally bring it back to the Jiffy Lube I'm like hey you know I got $700 for the old one and I put in a new battery what's going on he goes I'll test it he's a really nice guy this guy Andre it's unbelievable right that he's nice mechanics just a stupid Jiffy Lube too and yet they're better at they're the best mechanics I've ever had they're polite and nice uh, I don't know what the story is but I love him, you know, unless he really needs some serious work. But if you keep going there and keep the car rolling, I think that's the thing with cars. You know, you don't take them in for servicing when they need it or before, you know, you can have problems, especially with an older car. So he, he tested the battery. He goes, yeah, the battery's dead. And I'm like, what? And when I went to the garage, it was working. But I think the guy was nice. I had to give him some money because he's been starting it up during the week. So I think that's why it was working. But when I leave it for a week or two, sometimes it doesn't work. Anyway, he said the batteries we, we tested, it's bad. So I had to go across. So he he was kind enough to call the place I bought the battery from, which is across Route 9. You got to like go around about just to get to the other side of the street. And they were such dicks there. Uh, but the guy's like, well, we'll test the battery here. But he couldn't. It was so stupid. And he looked exactly like those guys that, um, you know, uh, 
raided the Capitol building. He looked just like one of those guys. And he couldn't figure out how to put the tester in the battery because my car is so retarded. There's a, a bar over the battery, so it's very hard to jump it or get a test. And he couldn't test it. So he's like, ah, screw it. You just have the battery. We'll give you a replacement. So they didn't even test it. So then he gave me a new battery, but he wouldn't even bring it out to the car. I had to bring it out myself. These batteries are very heavy. And I bought it back to the Jiffy Loop, and they reinstalled it. And who knows? We're hoping that works. But it's possible that batteries these days, if you don't turn your car on every two weeks, I guess, they drain. It doesn't sound right to me. should be able to hold a two-week charge when it's not in the cold. It's in a garage in a basement, a sub-basement. It's even called the sub-basement. You know, and it's dripping water and battery acid, but not onto the battery. I mean, really... It's warm and cozy in that stupid garage. Um, a little too warm. In the winter, it should be perfect. In the summer, you can see where maybe, you know, it gets too hot or something. But I don't know what the issue is. Hopefully, that'll fix that because I feel bad for those guys. But they've told me, they're like, we have to do this all the time with people's cars, whatever. So I just don't want to bother them. And I don't want the trouble of coming in there and having to wait, you know, an extra half hour if you're in a rush. But I usually go their way in advance in case that happens. But I was so happy I got all that taken care of, you know, like, um, you know, what a productive day. And then we went to my mom's, we went to the diner, which was super fun, right? Um, You know, I love the diner. And then we're trying to help my mother, right? She's having some money problems. So we're trying to help. So my sister and I come up with this plan. I go to the container store on Wednesday. I love the container store. I go to the container store to get a bin. Like, a, you know, I'm looking for something where my mother can put her mail in. And every time we go over there, we're going to look through the mail, you know. So I'm like, get a get busy. All you got to do, you don't want to open your mail, you throw it in there. You throw it in there. When I come by, I'm going to look at the mail. And we'll take care of everything, right? But I, buy the, but I love the container store. Who doesn't love the container store? Anyway, because of COVID, thanks to COVID again, they're closing this location, which was right by, it's on Lexington and 58th. It's perfect. Okay, I only go in there twice a year, but I love it when I got to go in there. I love the container store. Who doesn't love the container store? I'm uh, kind of sloppy, but, you know, you, when you go to the container store, you have this fresh feeling like, ooh, I'm going to make a difference this time. You know, like, so I'm so angry. They're like, yeah, well, you can use this in our new location on 18th Street and 6th Avenue. I'm like, you want me to buy something from the container store, which is usually huge? And then carry it all the way to my apartment. No, no. You guys suck. But what are they going to do? They're leaving that location and it's all thanks to COVID. They definitely would not have left if it wasn't for COVID. Um, you know, no. I, I would actually think the container store where people are doing a lot of home rethinking and stuff would stay open. But I guess things are just having a lot of trouble. So you're losing uh, Marianne from uh, Gilligan's Island and the container store. I'm telling you, I hate this virus so much. God damn it. The container store, it's like in Clueless. Like it, it gives Cher a sense of purpose in a world that's out of control. You know, that's what a makeover does, I think, for Cher. Hi, how old are you? I'll be 16 in May. My birthday is in April, and as someone older, can I please give you some advice? It is one thing to spark up a doobie and get laced at parties, but it is quite another to be fried all day. Do you see the distinction? Yeah. Pelotes generally hang on the grass, you know, all over there. Sometimes they come to class and say bonehead things, and we all laugh, of course, but no respectable girl actually dates them. Mm-mm. You don't want to start off on the wrong foot now, do you? I've got an idea. Let's do a makeover. 
No. No. Oh, come on, let us. Cher's main thrill in life is a makeover, okay? It gives her a sense of control in a world full of chaos. Please. Sure. <laughs> Why not? That's right. Very upset with the container store. I'm very upset with them. But, uh, yeah, we bought her this thing, and so we're sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, you just put it in here. She's like, no, I don't feel comfortable with that. And then she takes these letters. I'm like, stop where you are. And we're trying to talk about it. I'm, I'm yelling at her, but I'm trying not to yell. I'm just I'm raising my voice in a Seinfeld fashion in a way. I'm like, no, wait a minute. We have to discuss this. And she keeps bringing the letters where she's going to lose them. She's like, I think I'm having this problem. But then she loses the letters. So I'm like, here's the thing. You just put it in the bin. You can open it. But just shove it in there, and I'll look at it when I get here. She just wouldn't listen. But then she wants our help, and then she gets angry at us. We, we, we're, we're at wit's end. We don't know what to do. I said, let me take over your bills. Let me pay everything. Let me take care of it. She's like, no. Why? But I know why. She doesn't want to feel like an old woman. Like, you know, then it's like a response. I'm like, but, but this will be great. You don't have to worry about it anymore. I'll take care of everything. And then, you know, it's funny. She's like, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to relinquish that yeah because you know and i said i even said i said i know i know it makes you feel like you know it's it's over or whatever you know it's an age thing you know you know you know what i'm saying um but then she comes back later beth leaves and she we're talking and she's just like oh i went i i gotta pay my bills i I haven't been able to i've been so busy and i'm like you just you're, you're saying such crazy stuff and speaking of crazy the other day, she was on the phone with me. And she said, we're talking about Dory, you know, who's going to dental school. And she's like, well, you know, I think Dory really should have gone into writing. That's where she's really good, writing. I'm like, you sound like Woody Allen's parents in that documentary he had where, uh, I think it's Wild Man Blues. And they're interviewing his parents like, well, we, yeah, they're, they're sitting underneath his Oscars for Best Director and Best Picture and Best Screenplay. His, they're sitting underneath his oscars and they're like well we we thought he should have been uh, he'd been better off going into you know either dancing or or accounting we thought he would have really i mean it's like you can't win as a jewish mother apparently i mean it is a jewish grandmother but i'm saying dory's gonna be a doctor i thought that's all they wanted she said well i i think she should have really focused on writing i'm like look, look at you there's no way to win with you what's the matter with you if Woody Allen's parents do that, then I guess that's that's it. <laughs> well, we, we think he should have really focused his attention. He's sitting underneath his Oscars, which means in you have topped the profession you decided to go into. You're at the top. You've done everything you can do as a comedian, as a director, and as a writer. You've won the coveted best you can do in your lifetime achievement. And yet your parents are like, well, <laughs> that's so chewy. It's unbelievable. Rhoda. Oh, and I'll tell you something else about the, uh, the stupid. I was looking. Um, I, I, I'll go to the container store. I'm in there for an hour. I go to Home Depot. I'm like, I don't like any of these containers. Let me look around what else. I mean, it's so ridiculous, right? Because I'm looking for something that's going to make her okay. It's got to be a good color. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be something she's going to want to do. And um, there's an, apparently there's an Ikea across the street. I never even noticed it before. And I go in. I'm like, well, they got to have something. I go in. They're like, can I help you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for a container. And they're like, oh, yeah, we don't. Uh, we can order it for you and ship it out. I'm like, what? I can do that myself. What the fuck kind of store is it? And they're like, oh, we just do, um, you know, we do, uh, you know, you make an appointment. And, and we're like, and, and then what? 
well, we, we can design your room. I'm like, you have a store for this? You have a store across from Bloomingdale's where you have to make an appointment to for you to come to my house? What the, what a, what kind of wasted money is that for a location? Especially like, when did you even open? They're like, we opened of April of 2019. I mean, the Ikea store that you're not allowed to enter. I can understand if they had a place on, I don't know, on, on in the 20s by Penn Station or something, but they got like a tall building with like three stories across from Bloomingdale's. For what? That is a strange place. And 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 why would you have an upscale store where you come over to who who has money is going to decorate their Manhattan apartment with IKEA? The whole key to IKEA is decorating your apartment cheaply. My prediction is that that store has got to go out of business in like a week. I've never even noticed it before, and apparently it's been there almost a year or two years. But how the hell is that store lasting? Am I right or am I crazy? No, I'm not crazy. Well, I'm crazy, (laughs) but for all the hilarious reasons. Okay, here's what I want to do right now. As promised last week, I want to read to you a list of restaurants that have closed thanks to the stupid COVID virus. And I have a list. This is These are the closures, as you may or may not know, because I mentioned it on the show last week. Sammy's Romanian is added to that list now. Now, Sammy's Romanian was uh, this legendary steakhouse in the Lower East Side um, that I used to work above when I worked for the bookies. And, you know, they they their food isn't that great. You don't go there for the food. You go there for the music and the fun. It was great for bachelor bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. And you just, they, they put a bottle of vodka and, and packed in ice on the table. They make chopped liver at the table. They put a bottle of old-fashioned seltzer, you know, a squirt bottle like Krusty uh, has the clown, you know, um, with, uh, you know, they make egg creams. They have a bottle of schmaltz on the table that you add to everything. Um, and that's the way it was. You know, you get a steak there, and you you hang out, you have a good time, you celebrate, you, you're fun, you laugh, you sing. Um, it's very Jewy. It's a good time. And uh, the guy who owns it tried to keep... And remember I told you, because I know I told you about it, because me and Michelle, the one who was just walking the dog, went there with my friend Lawrence and his wife, and that we had a horrible time, because his wife... Uh, there was a whole thing with the payment and all this kind of nonsense. Um, but remember I told you that it's the only place I know where they have a big Halloween-sized bowl, uh, but not candy, all Alka-Seltzer tablets. <laughs> you leave you gotta take a couple of them and that's that's the day i decided i'm like i'm gonna get a bunch of those that's a good idea alka-seltzer let's reconsider alka-seltzer the way i and you need it after you leave that place but that place is closed thanks to covid and remember i was working at the bookies office and those guys were italian and they would always be like oh shit i got it you know what when i leave here i'm getting some of that chopped liver fuck that shit i'm getting that chopped liver that smells delicious and it's just funny when you hear Italian guys say that. You just don't. That's something you don't expect to hear in a lifetime. But that's how delicious this place was. The Italian guy's like, oh, I got to get some of that fucking chopped liver. It's unbelievable. Um, but uh, granted, uh, I'm fine with that place closing in the sense of it just, you know, the memories of working in that place was terrifying. So, But uh, 
I'm sorry. So, um, yeah, so I have a sad list and a glad list. Some of the places I'm glad are closing, <laughs> you know. Uh, so the sad list is it opens with Lansdowne Road. Lansdowne Road, the place I was almost promoting without any money or anything from them and trying to send people there for the best chicken wings in the city. Even after they changed the recipe, we still went there where I met um, my girlfriend, Audrey uh, Lansdowne Road, where I've been going with those twins, those commercials. I mean, I had the best Monday nights there in my life. Totally closed thanks to COVID. Um, very sad. Missed that place terribly. The Hog Pit, which wasn't the same as it was in the meatpacking district. It moved, so it wasn't the same, but goddamn, used to go there all the time. Um, they moved to the 26th Street. It's not the same, but we used to go, like in the 90s, the Hog Pit, you get ribs, you get hair. I remember I bought um, a girlfriend there. Her name was Teresa, you remember? And I was with my friend uh, Katie and everybody, and we had a really good time. They had the Paps Blue Ribbon in the cans. Uh, so they moved to a new location after the meatpacking district became really bad, and they closed. We, uh, You might have heard the 21 Club, which I've never been to, but always wanted to go after, you know, that big break or whatever. Uh, they closed. They're the ones with the, the jockeys on the front and everything. Always never went to go in there right on 52nd Street. Um, I think they filmed uh, so many movies in there. Like, big is the one that comes to mind, but, I mean, it's been around forever you know you've heard of it closed thanks to covid the good stuff diner which was not a good diner but it was open 24 hours on 14th street me and Atel used to go there once a week after and he probably went there more once a week after being at the comedy cellar after i would do a show we'd end up at the good stuff diner at four in the morning and the night i hung out and had the best time with paul rudd and uh, Peter Dinklage's brother, little Johnny Dinklage, probably shouldn't say it that way. Um, we went to the Good Stuff Diner and hung out. The fucking Good Stuff Diner closed thanks to COVID. Daddy O on uh, Bedford Street. Yes, in the West Village. This place was great. It was a nice, big, clean location. And Sarah Silverman and I used to enjoy going there because they had options for both of us. It was a good restaurant we could both agree on. I could get fried chicken and waffles if I wanted to or meatloaf and mashed potatoes with comfort food. And Sarah could get uh, a vegetarian option or a macaroni cheese dish. You know what I'm saying? We both could you know, decide. And the last time I was in there, it was me, Sarah, and Adam Schlesinger. And that was the restaurant he said, if you run for Manhattan Borough president, I'll write you a song. So that place, fucking sad. The Cottage on Amsterdam Avenue on the Upper West Side is a Chinese restaurant I've been going to since the 80s. Since, yeah, since the 80s. It was one of those first places that gave you a carafe of wine with dinner for free. And it was fun. I took a lot of dates there. A lot of dates because it was cheap and you got a free carafe of wine. And the food was excellent. And I think the last time I was there with my friend Jim Giordano, it wasn't a date, <laughs> but I loved it. I mean, I couldn't believe it was like 20 years later after the first time I'd been in there and the food was still excellent and they still gave you the free carafe of wine. Close thanks to COVID. The Gem Spa, which was this legendary place on 2nd Avenue and 8th Street. 
which was just a convenient, like a bodega. But it made the best egg creams in the city for some reason. And uh, it was right near where Sarah Silverman used to uh, live and my friend Beth Tapper. And we used to be in there all the time. It's a legendary location, closed thanks to COVID. That was on St. Mark's um, Avenue. The Copacabana. Now, I don't know this place. I didn't even know it was still open. I mean, we know about it. I, the only thing I know about it is from Goodfellas. I didn't even know it was still open. I didn't know it was a thing. Apparently, it's on West 47th Street. I don't know. I'd never seen it. I'd never been in it. I thought, I thought it was only open in the 50s. Uh, if I knew it was open, I would have gone there because I, I would have gone just for the podcast. So guess where I went last night? Then I would have played the clip from Goodfellas and we would have had a good time, but it's closed forever. Alibaba is this place I would always pass. It's by the U.N., and I'd always pass it, and they had this really nice upstairs dining that was open. The windows were always open. I'm like, I don't know if I'd like the food there, but it looks like a fun place to eat. Closed. The Sugar Factory in the Meatpacking District is where I took my niece and her friend, and they used to make those amazing drinks that, like, bubble and cauldron over, and it was, like, fun. All these fun places are closing. Maxwell's on Reed Street in Tribeca. My friend owned it. This is a a personal one. We would go there for the Super Bowls, remember? He would drive me home in tears after, like three years in a row. Now, he built another place uh, on the upper, uh, in the Harlem area, right above Central Park North. So he has another location, and it might be called Maxwell's North, but this was the original one, and he had to close it because of COVID. He's a great guy, and like I said, he would drive me home during halftime of the Super Bowl when I'd be in tears, but it was a fun place. He's a great guy, and I feel horrible for him that he had to close it. But I called my friend Kenny, and I asked him about him. He goes, hey, he's fine. He's got the other place. It's all right. But I can't believe he's happy with it. It, it made a lot of money, and it was a nice place to go in an, an interesting location you know, in Tribeca. Uh, I put the China, oh, the China Chalet I put in because now I remember it was at 47 Broadway in Fidei, the financial district. And I put it in because now I remembered why. Uh, we did a, a version of David Tell's Insomniac there, and I was on the show. Here comes my neighbor walking up the street. I hate her. <laughs> and uh, we did a, a, a this is going to sound horrible, but it was the 90s, a fat girl contest I'm pretty sure. I don't know whether they ever aired it. And uh, I was, uh, I think I was judging it or something. That was the plan. But I also remember I broke a blood vessel in my eye. So I just, I felt like crap that day. But I remember it was at the China Chalet. And I remember not having a really good time doing it. And I don't know if they even aired the show because it was weird. But I remember it was at the China Chalet. I didn't even know that was still open. And when I saw that it closed, I'm like, oh, my God, I remember that place. And it was one of those places where you go and I'm like, God, I'd like to come here. I mean, I think they have Chinese food. I'd like to come here on a normal day. And I never went back. So that's the thing. I think these a lot of these places that are closing are also those places where you say to yourself, oh, I got to go there sometime. And nobody ever goes. And then when you have a pandemic, that's a bad thing. You know, so it might have been uh, a touristy thing. And that subsequently uh, closed. Tonic in Times Square, I'm pretty sure uh, my friend 
Steve Klein and Ross Zapin uh, from the Howard Stern Show used to have their Halloween parties there where I actually you know, met and hung out with Howard Stern and actually uh, bought Trish there multiple times. We used to have some great, amazing Halloween parties at that place. That's in Times Square. No love lost, but it's still sad that it's uh, closed in the sense that definitely had some good times in there. Fun hanging out with the Howard Stern people uh, on Halloween. And I remember going there for definitely after my accident in 2003. That was the first place I went to after I recovered from being dead. O'Looney's is a place, one of those places on 45th Street. There's like three massive places of bars, you know that are big and fun. It makes you feel like you're not in New York City, which I always liked, in the Times Square area that um, just, I enjoyed going there because they were so big, you know, and they just had all this room. They were like Irish places, but they weren't, you know, the typical pubs. And I just enjoyed it sometimes, even though it's in Times Square. And I remember O'Looney's in particular, uh, I think I actually, the last time I went there was with that girl who got me fired from my job. But the... Previous time I went there, I think I went there with Trish, you know, dead Trish and her dad. So I was like, Jesus Christ, all this stuff is bringing back uh, memories. But I liked that place, and that place is closed. They must have been paying a shitload of rent. The Monkey Bar, which uh, was on East 54th, I think I went to once. Really nice place. Never went a lot. But these are the kind of places, like, you're like, oh, I got to remember that place. So I go in there again, and then, you know, you never go. So it it makes me upset that they're closing because I'm like, oh, well, now I guess I'll never get to go. Jake's Saloon, uh, another one on 10th Avenue, which I only went to a couple times, but my friend owns it. And uh, he owns another place uh, with the same name down at 23rd Street that I go with my friend uh, Jordan sometimes, uh, which is fine. But I feel bad for him because he had to close another location. I mean, I've told you the reason I get up of getting upset about these restaurants and Cuomo is that I have a lot of friends that own places that are very nice and very cool and not only just hook me up, but I mean, I, you know, I feel for them. I mean, you know, you want to make sure they do good. And he had this location for a long time and I wouldn't have closed if it wasn't for COVID. Um, Chumley's. I don't know why I put that on the list. Oh, I know why. Huh. Yeah, Chumley, well, first of all, the name is funny. All right, Chumley, it's time to go see Mr. Whoopi. That's the reason I thought I put it on, but no. Chumley's was this old place called the Bedford Street Cafe, where in 1988 or 9, or 1990, I used to date the manager there. Her name was Gina. It's all coming back now. And it was this little location, this great block like on this corner, I don't know how to describe it to you, but when I had the old Dave Jessica on Friend Show, I had uh, a public access. I had, uh, ooh, maybe I could probably show that. But, well, see, I can't go to the place to get it. Well, um, anyway, the opening credits had us sitting outside and stuff, and I was dating this bartender, and that that's the one, the bartender that I was dating. It's all coming back. I'm sorry, that I was dating. She was dating this Colombian guy before me. She broke up with him, but then he was stalking us, and he came to the window, and I think, and then she was telling me to drive, remember? And I was doing the thing that I always hate in the movies. Like, no, I am not going in. She goes, David, you've got to leave right now. And he's tapping on the window like in Risky Business. You know, and then she put her foot on the gas, you know, and it went away. And then it turned out that I knew this guy from another place, whatever. Oi. Uh, I was thinking, but that was the bar, and the owners there loved me. 
and I loved them. And they used to let me do shows in there, and I'd put shows together. This is in their goddamn 89, 90, 91, and they'd let me do shows. I'd run to the place. I'd go behind the bar. I filmed a bunch of stuff. I filmed the uh, that one. I filmed the old uh, uh, Happy Days uh, Fonzie Bongo solo. <laughs> I filmed it back then before Instagram, which, of course, now would have been legendary, except for the fact that nobody remembers the Fonzie, the Fonzie Bongo solo. Um, but I loved that place. And now this was its uh, incarnate. Then it turned into a place, I think, called Daddio's that my friend Jay used to, uh, you know, you know, he gives the napkins and stuff like he used to feed. So we went in there a couple of times and they also had uh, tater tots, uh, you know, which I like. And then they changed it to Chumley's. And now that's closed. A Bistango on Third Avenue in Kipps Bay was right directly across the street where I used to live on 29th and 3rd. And I used to take dates in there all the time because it was a really nice Italian place and it wasn't very expensive. And the food was very good. It was perfect if you're in your 20s and you were dating. I can remember four dates in particular that I took there. And then, you know, right, we'd go back to my place. It's right across the street from my house. Get some wine, right? Eat, go right across. Hey, you want to come see my place? It's right across. The, well, how far away is it? It's right across the street, baby. It's going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Yeah, that was fun. And then, of course, um, Rosa Mexicana, which was right across the street from my house, closed up. They're putting something new in there. I've been asking everybody what it's going to be. I don't know. They're opening a new restaurant across the street from my house. Um, during COVID, I, I see them building an outdoor structure already, so I don't, I can't imagine what it's going to be, but yeah, Rosemex kind of closed and that was a great place. Always a good time. And, uh, oh, but I don't know. I don't know. Bubby's, Bubby's. Do I know that one? I don't know. I wrote that a couple. Now here's the glad list. I hope this isn't boring you. I, uh, it's, well, we're doing it anyway. Here's the glad list. The ones that I'm like, good riddance. Either they were a crummy snobatorium or I had a horrible experience there. The first one is Blue Smoke, and that was right on, right by Union Square. That place was a snobatorium for me. They had jazz there. I, I For some reason, I hated every. That was, a, what is his name? Danny Myers. It was his place, I think. And that, I, I just hated that place. I, didn't, I went in there a couple times. I did not like the food. I didn't like the atmosphere. I hated everything about it, and it was very pretentious, and I think I had two or three bad times in there. Good riddance. Blossom on Ninth Avenue in Chelsea. That is a vegan restaurant. I went in there with Todd Barry and Sarah, um, I think maybe just once, and I'm like, what the fuck is this vegan shit? I ate the lasagna, and I don't even, I was like, wait a minute, how could you have lasagna? And I'm like, well, it's, I'm like, you know what, don't tell me. It wasn't bad, but I don't even want to know. And I do not understand vegan. I absolutely understand vegetarian. But vegan, I don't know what's that all about. And I can't believe Todd Barry is okay with that. But fuck that place and good riddance. Max Fish is an Orchard Street in Lower East Side, and that place sucked. And I think they used to do shows there, and the people that ran it were assholes. Good riddance. The Mamufuku 
the Mamafuku Bar, which was a really place on Second Avenue, which was okay, but it was really difficult to get into there for brunch, and they served strange Japanese dishes, I guess, and stuff. It wasn't like a dim sum. I don't know what it was, but they were very full of themselves. Good riddance. The Office, NYC, and Oh, right, the Avery. Well, actually, I don't know why I put good riddance to that one. Why did I say good riddance to that one? I like that. I guess because it was a snobatorium. I mean, I like that place because it was overlooking Columbus Circle. I went to a party there, had an excellent time. I guess I was just saying, I'm like, you know what? You're so full of yourself. You know, you're going to charge all this money. You're going to be that pricey. What do you expect's going to happen if something like this happens? But uh, that one, the aqua grill in soho i hated that place i just thought their food was very subpar the oxbow tavern on the upper west side is where lee maracas had his wife's 50th birthday there i took audrey there i remember that night and i just remember that place sucked like their their basement was gross their food was gross their attention to detail was gross now when we went upstairs they like were kicking i hated that place good riddance Aurora, Ariel, Ariel. I called my friend Beth Tapper with this one because we went there, and it's a different location now, but it was the number one Zagat's restaurant in the time when we went there in the 90s, and we went there for my friend Beth Tapper's graduation. We went with her parents. They took us there because, you know, her dad had money, and we went there. And I remember, like, thinking, I'm like, this is so stupid. And they gave us all these little small portions, you know, it's upscale restaurant. And I was like, fuck, you know, again, I'm just like, hey, I wouldn't come to this crummy snobatorium if you paid me. So they closed. And again, I say, you know, you're going to be a crummy snobatorium, then go fuck yourself. I don't know why. I mean, I know you want to have these fancy places that makes New York, New York, but... There's something about it when if you're there and you're people like us and you, you know, you go to this restaurant and they're like, I'm like, where's the rest of it? And they're like, no, no, that's it. You know, like, I'm like, that's it. It's like it's like you're getting a plate full of pills from the future. You know, like, uh, what are you talking about? That's a that's a steak dinner. And I'm like, it's a pill. You know, like, I, don't, I don't know why it drove me, rubbed me the wrong way. The pig and whistle closed. Now, I the Third Avenue location I didn't really care for, but. They had a different location, which is also closed, which me and my friend Kelly would go to on Monday nights to have chicken wings, watch football, and then make out. I mean, she was so hot, and it was so much fun. And where are you going to find a girl to be able to do that? You know, how many times are you going to be able in your life to meet, especially in your, I think I was in my 40s at the time, to meet a girl that wants to go out, have beer, watch Monday night football, chicken wings, and then make out. I mean, that, I am not glad about the pig and whip, but I am glad about the Third Avenue location closing. That place was gross. But their other place on Second Avenue closed, which I, that is on my very sad list. Professor Tom's in the East Village on Second Avenue closed. That was a Boston bar, like a Red Sox, Celtics, everything Boston bar. Fuck that place. Good riddance. I think that was one of those places that was the first one to have, like, let's have bars where people from out of town could, you know, like a, like the, the Tennessee Titans bar that's across the street, you know, that kind of shit. And if it's a Boston bar, who gives a shit? You know, fuck you. Yeah, you, 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 you should get run out of town for that one. And uh, I put another one in here, but I don't know why. Mudlow Street. Oh, maybe because, eh, well, whatever. Anyway. 
all those places are, all those places are now closed thanks to this horrible pandemic. Will other places open up? Yes, of course, probably. It's New York City. But a sad time because, you know, you're not closing because it's just, a, you know, the management got older or anything. You're closing because, because really Governor Cuomo just sucks. And, uh, I, again, I just can't for the life of me. I mean, if somebody could tell me why he feels it's necessary to close these restaurants down and leave Bloomingdale's, a place like Bloomingdale's or bowling alleys, whatever the hell is open, I just don't get it. And I'm only talking about just at least leave it open at 25% for Christ's sakes so people can survive. So these places didn't have to close. These very hard workers. You know how difficult it is to show a profit in a goddamn restaurant? And the, and the restaurants are the reason you move to New York City, Broadway, and food is the reason you, you come to New York City as a, as a tourist and the reason you want to move here. You can eat in a different restaurant every night and to not have them open during this. And Cuomo is such a dick. He just is trying to legalize sports gambling like I've been talking about. Do you know why? Because he knows it'll bring in billions of dollars and now obviously there's a problem. So finally he's getting on board going like, geez, maybe we should do what Jersey did. But he's doing it the wrong way. He's doing it through the lottery commission instead of the casinos and he's going to fuck it up because he stinks. Thank you. Okay, just a few more things before we go. Uh, You might have heard that Tanya Roberts died. Um, now, you know, it's just as big as uh, Mary Ann's, no big deal. You might remember her from this uh, classic, uh, James Bunchy's a Bond girl. From, uh, I mean, not a classic, but from View to a Kill. Yeah, that's pretty much the extent. It wasn't a great clip because there's really no other reason. She's just like, the whole movie's just like, James! And she says shit, which I think is the first time a Bond girl said shit. Or there was even the word shit in the movie. Uh, the other time that I know about is Carrie, who's the one that married Mickey Rourke? Um, she's in the Timothy Dalton License to Kill. And she says bullshit. I can't think of her name. Um, but yes, yeah, she says shit. And she was also, of course, in Charlie's Angels. I mean, what a run. You know, I mean, it's quite impressive. Uh, she came on, yes, the last season of Charlie's Angels. So she, I mean, that's pretty, I mean, she died very young and she's still really pretty at 65. She was gorgeous. Uh, not very uh, good interview. I, there's a Carson show where she's not doing anything except hitting on Michael Landon. Go figure that one. She didn't have a lot to offer, but she was very sexy and had a, a throaty kind of voice, you know, so it was nice. But um, so she was in the last. So, I mean, if you live your life and you are when you die, you're a Charlie's Angel and a Bond girl. That's pretty good. I mean, and then she pretty much rested on those laurels until she was in that 70s show where she played um, Laura Prepon's uh, mother. And did a good job at that. And then, you know how I hate when people leave shows. Uh, I found out that she left 
the show because her husband was dying and got sick. So that we can accept. And then she did some guest appearances. Uh, of course, that's an excellent reason for leaving. But um, yeah, I don't think she cared because you know why? Because she's like, well, I was a Charlie's Angel and a Bond girl. So uh, pretty much done everything you can do. Uh, you know, and I guess she had uh, money from uh, marriage, you know, whatever, just being I mean, she 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 basically if you see her uh, on this clip on the Carson show, you can see she really didn't have much to do because she was hot and she got stuff because she was hot. And she definitely was an awful actress. I mean, absolutely awful. But it didn't matter because that's how hot she was. And again, if you're a Charlie's Angel and a Bond girl, you like if I just told you, oh, Tanya Robertson, you're like, who's that? I'm like, well, she was Charlie's Angel and a Bond girl. Then you say, oh, my God, she must have been gorgeous. Well, she was. And uh, she didn't die of COVID. But uh, the worst part about and remember and her Charlie's Angels character, she preferred fists instead of guns. You know, she would do some real punching instead of guns. That was her character. That's how they wrote it for her. Your character's going to be, you use fists instead of guns. You know, she's oh, I like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah, so apparently her publicist said she died the day before she died, <laughs> which she didn't die, and then she did die. So, uh, you know, kind of sad. Anyway... There, uh, so as you know, on Saturdays, because, you know, I have nothing going on, I watch uh, Buck Rogers. I watch Star Trek at 10 and Buck Rogers at 11. It's very sad. Or you could just say it's great. Hard to explain, but, you know, where am I going? Where am I going? I I never go out on Saturdays anyway, even when it's not a pandemic. So, uh, you know, that's what I do. And there was just an epic episode of Buck Rogers on where Gary Coleman played the president they, he's also from Buck Rogers. You know, remember the premise of Buck Rogers? He lives in 1987, and he goes five. He gets frozen in a in a spaceship, and he ends up like Charlton Heston, like Planet of the Apes. He ends up 500 years in the future, and uh, that's apparently what happened to Gary Coleman somehow, as he was the president, I guess, of the United States, and they froze him. So uh, I I don't know. Anyway, Gary Coleman is the president, and he gets kidnapped by Ray Walston, <laughs> all people, Mr. Hand. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're sitting there watching on Saturday. I'm like, you know what? This ain't so bad. <laughs> I mean, it's really bad. But it's Dave Juskow fun. And the best line is when this girl, this super hot, of course, girl, this is half the reason I'm, well, this is half the reason everybody was watching, um, comes in and she's actually trying to kidnap Buck, for, but for good reasons. Um, and he's at his apartment. And this happens. <laughs> All right, enough already. I feel like I'm in a department store. How about give me some of my music? That's better. Much better. God bless Dr. Junius and the archives. Come in. Well, hi. Lieutenant Surton, isn't it? That's right. What exactly is that? Three dog night. What? Never mind. Listen, I hope you don't think I'm being rude, but uh, my flight leaves in 20 minutes. I'm meeting someone on. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know why. It's, he, he's based, I mean, it, the one thing is he's talking to like an Alexa. And he's just like, hey, play something for me. He's like, uh, what's that? Three Dog Night? I don't know why. It's just the funniest thing. It, it, I don't, 1979 with that Three Dog Night. I, and the best is, uh, what would have made it better is if uh, the coming attractions were like, with special guest stars, Three Dog Night and Gary Coleman. Yeah, it's too bad they weren't actually on the show. That would have been uh, more epic, but still. I don't know why that just seemed really funny to me, especially when he said it. If they were just playing it, it wouldn't have been as good. He's like, what's that? What are you playing? Three Dog Night? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Bee Gees? Well, <laughs> I, I guess uh, yeah, I guess we'll end on that note today. And uh, I, it's a, you know, like, is that funny? I think it is. Uh, I love playing clips for you. I love playing clips. I love writing stuff down, and I love doing the podcast, folks. Uh, next week, our guest will be Wendy Liebman, and she will be terrific. We will have the uh, multimedia video and audio podcast and the video will only be available to Calico Patreon subscribers and up uh, and uh, you know otherwise I guess I don't think anybody will care if I put the video on like a month later on YouTube but uh, if you do have a problem with that then uh, that's fine it just seems like a kind of a waste to put all that money in and not do something with it later I guess um, but anyway uh, that's the uh, that's the story, and uh, she's going to be fun, and that ought to be a very interesting time together. I hope uh, we and you had a lovely time together this evening or this morning, whenever it is you listen. Uh, I hope everybody is doing okay. I hope nobody's uh, very uptight about what happened this week. It is uptighting and upsetting, but uh, you know, if you look at it as entertaining and it's all going to end soon, hopefully, then uh, it's not so bad, right? Uh, I hope if you were watching football that uh, you did well in the games uh, this past weekend. And because you know that's what I'll be doing. And we will be back with another episode, as always, of The Nightfly next week. Because that is what I do. I watch football, Buck Rogers, and record The Nightfly podcast. My name is Dave Justow. And I will see everybody next week on The Night Fly. Good night, everybody. Ooh.